0: Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million, brought to you by Unstack. I'm your host Zach Rigo. Today, I'm joined by Nathan Rothstein, co-founder of Project Repat, a mission-driven company repurposing your old T-shirts into high-quality quilts. Nathan, thank you for joining me
1: today. Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess before we jump in, um, take me through a bit of your background and how we we got to this point today.
1: Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's it's about a decade, almost a decade ago. Uh, Ross, my business partner, and I were at uh, the Heller School at Brandeis, which is it was a graduate program in nonprofit and social enterprise. Um, it was like an MBA program, and uh, he was I was working on something. He was working on something else, and we um, we started exchanging different ideas together, and we were really looking at the problem of. People have a lot of clothes in their closet that they no longer wear, but they don't necessarily want to get rid of. Um, and and how textile jobs over the course of the last 30 years have really uh, gone to other countries. And we were interested in that problem. We both came from the nonprofit sector, and so we're interested in solving problems and trying to figure out businesses around it. And uh, we we came across... We thought about T-shirts and uh, we started making tote bags and scarves out of T-shirts and we would sell them at local farmer's markets and people were interested in them, but they weren't necessarily interested enough to buy them. And over the course of a few months, people kept asking us for a T-shirt quilt and we had no preconceived notion of how you were supposed to make uh, a T-shirt quilt, so we just tried to make it the same way that we were making the scarves actually, just by sewing uh, all the shirts together and apparently that's what the market wanted was an affordable uh, way to put all of your t-shirts into one place and have it uh, be used in um, in a more accessible way that you could have it around the house. So. Uh, you start someplace and you f- <laughs> and you find yourself a t-shirt quilt maker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, I've I've been working with a ton of Shopify merchants recently. We actually work with one that has kind of a different fabric, right, that allows shirts to be a little bit more biodegradable because yeah. the stat on, like, you know, branded t-shirts from your company, which, like, when I moved, you know, I went through eight years I worked at one company. I went through yeah. the stack of t-shirts I had that were all company related and i had to just whittle it down to like 3 you know yeah. and it's like the exactly. amount the rest of them just went to goodwill so so take me through a bit of your process in like how you you found t-shirts as like the the conduit by which you were going to build something out of or make something out of
1: yeah i mean the once the the stats around t-shirts are staggering i think um as as the the labor pool has moved overseas um it's become so cheap to make Um, but it's actually one of the um, most environmentally unfriendly um, apparel uh, pieces that you can make because it takes um, about 700 gallons of water just to manufacture one t-shirt, Partly, mostly because of where you're shipping it from, but the dyes and the textiles um, is very unfriendly. And so we've decided that we're going to make a t-shirt for every event um, that anyone ever participates in, but it adds a lot to the textile stream and most, most people don't recycle their shirts. Um, And even when you donate them to to places like Goodwill, uh, that's good, but Goodwill can't really uh, sell your local startup uh, t-shirts. So what they end up doing is they kind of package them all into this, Big container and they ship them someplace else for another country uh, to deal with the recycling problem. So what we found was like one of the most eco-friendly things you could do was um, reformat them or upcycle them into a new product because um, that's not adding any new water to the waste stream. You're not you're not making anything new. You're just upcycling, and so that was that was a really interesting component for us. Um, but we knew that. be successful we had to have a business that uh offered something that the market really wanted at a price point they wanted and so it's the oldest uh, story of a business is there was a cottage industry of t-shirt quilt makers there were some uh, legacy businesses that were making these museum-like quilts um, and we just partly because we we were naive, but also because we just understood the importance of leading with um, price and a good product that um, if we offered something that people felt was affordable, they would take a chance on us. And it was, it was the perfect time for our business. We got lucky where Groupon was still a big thing and we launched actually on Groupon um, and we were able to get to, you know, in front of 20 million um mostly women who were interested in this product and right away we knew that uh the product worked because instead of raising money by using groupon it was really our go-to-market strategy
0: interesting what were the results from from kind of that initial groupon campaign
1: well we didn't we didn't we kind of had no idea how it would take off we we were like well if we sell 10 or 20 in a day that would be nice (laughs) um like we'll be able to live another another week off this little business. <laughs> so, but we ended up selling about 500 on the first day in two, wow. and 2,000 over the course of a week. And so then we had to figure out how to make that many. Um, <laughs> but we had this small little office in Boston that actually uh, work the Klavio founders worked out of as well. And we uh, we had to play we had to play basically Tetris just to walk out of the office every night because all the boxes of t-shirts would arrive and it was so small that uh we just didn't know what to what to do with all the boxes but um we were scrappy and we figured it out and from there we we built a, a e-commerce business
0: <laughs> so so you've got a couple missions built into the business right you mentioned yeah. kind of upcycling t-shirts and obviously helping the environment by repurposing them into something that people will use again as opposed to a stack of logo shirts that are sitting in in a dresser somewhere. Uh you've also found a way to manufacture in the United States and bring jobs into the states. We were talking about this prior. I'm in North Carolina, huge textile state historically. A lot of those, you know, apparel manufacturers are now struggling or, you know, out of business. I see signs all the time for lease when I drive down the highways in in central and western North Carolina now. Yeah. Take me through how y'all went to to find a place to take the t-shirt boxes out of your office and into a factory to start making quilts. And then how you landed in in North Carolina and I believe Texas as kind of the two spots to start building these quilts and and really bringing jobs to America.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's another familiar entrepreneurial story where uh, when you're trying to figure something out, you just start asking people in your network and someone just happened to know about this, uh, worker owned test textile manufacturing center in Morganton, North Carolina, which is between Charlotte and Asheville. And, uh, this was 2012. We didn't know that, uh, airplanes existed. And so we, we took a pile of t-shirts that <laughs> we had and we actually drove down there. Um, and we started making, um, different products down there and, it's really an amazing place. I mean, they, um, they've created this amazing model for, uh, empowering workers. Um, so there's worker owners who are part of the, the textile workers. Um, and then people put in sweat equity and as they spend more time there, they're able to have an ownership share. And it's really the perfect place for our business where, Most textile manufacturing places have a three to 4% error rate, but we, we just can't have that kind of number because each one of our quilts is unique and you can't mess these up. So we really, by chance, found the perfect place. Um, And, you know, we got lucky. I think (laughs) you'll hear that again and again when I'm telling our stories, we got lucky. Um, But the place in North Carolina has been great. We've, we've probably, there's probably about 60 to 70 people there working on our quilts. Um, And then we also work in Austin, Texas with um, a nonprofit that employs uh, immigrants and refugees. Um, And they make, and they make the quilts as well. So we've really tried to build in our mission through our supply chain. Um, And it may not be the reason that people buy, but it, um, we know that it's every time there's a purchase, it's creating value in the world.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love the story. I obviously love that you're working with these factories in in North Carolina. It's uh, it's it, honestly, if you drive down I-40 from you know Raleigh through Central yeah. North Carolina, you see two or three old textile factories that are just empty, and uh, it's sad. And I, I mentioned to Nathan earlier, I used to work for a sock manufacturer that manufactured. In, in North Carolina for a long time, and they stopped creating that product because it just became too costly, and they couldn't find someone outsourced to make it. And you know, we pivoted the business. So, yeah, um, amazing that you're bringing those jobs back. Obviously, very cool that they're kind of owned by the the workers as well. I think that's an amazing strategy, um, and obviously helps you all out quite a bit. When you when you think about the last ten years, uh, there have been a, a lot of successes, some you know dumb luck, and you just being naive. You mentioned. What what has been kind of some of the big pivot and like critical points in the business where you've seen kind of that explosive growth? We talked about Groupon and the launch being much larger larger than you thought. What was kind of that next you know step that you took where you're like, okay, we're we're really you know leveling up here?
1: Yeah, I think I mean we we got lucky again that we were someone had referred us to Shopify. This was 2012. I was just looking at the the Shopify. Uh, I saw a tweet about the Shopify. Q1 revenue numbers in 2012, and they were like, it was like a few million, uh, and then this this year it was a billion. So crazy. we <laughs> we grew along with Shopify. Um, we also grew along with Facebook mobile advertising. I think when we started, uh, Facebook really had not developed its. Um, its look-alike audiences, uh, the effectiveness of mobile advertising did not exist in the same way. So um, we saw we saw success in 2014-15 around um, putting money behind um, on the newsfeed. And because we were a product that people were not necessarily searching for in Google that much, but we knew who our customers were because we saw all their shirts. So we knew if we started running ads towards uh, women with kids or uh, high school, recent high school grads, that they would see our product, they would click, put their email in, um, and then we could nurture them over time through Klaviyo. So um, we took kind of a, a B2B approach to B2C marketing, um, which was different than I think a lot of other consumer companies. and that, we were lucky again to have the advantage of we didn't pay for um, we didn't have to pay for huge amounts of inventory, so um, we could float the business a lot more. And so we used that cash to just kind of pump it into Facebook and try to collect as many leads as possible. And we just tinkered with it and grew it over time. It's a less it's a less sexy story than just like selling two thousand in a week on Groupon but it's the reality of e-commerce marketing where you're as you're growing you're there's no silver bullet it's just tinkering with the Facebook ad algorithm and just trying to grow from there i think like everyone else we've we've had to adapt to this year and it's been it's been more of a roller coaster but um, it it facebook really helped us helped us grow
0: so when you think about facebook and we've heard this you know this a few times over the course of the last, you know, five or six episodes. Tinkering, consistency, you know, keep investing because the algorithm is either today helping itself out when you were starting, the algorithm didn't know anything. So it was you starting to play with the, you know, the targeting options. You know, one thing that you mentioned there that I think is really interesting is you were willing to just acquire emails and nurture because to me, this is not... this is not something I'm thinking about when I'm scrolling through my newsfeed. It's something I'm thinking about when I'm doing spring cleaning. And I'm like, do I keep, do I throw away? Yeah. Do I repurpose? Right. And I think that's gotta be something that y'all either struggled with or or had to learn that about your customers is that this was almost like an events-based purchase for somebody. Is that, is that, was there a a timeline that you saw between like, just capture emails and nurture these folks. So we're top of mind when they hit that moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw that, you know, we would, we would collect an email in February and then someone would wait until the holidays, um, to make the purchase. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was important for us to nurture. I think we started to learn that people would actually buy quicker than we had thought. Um, and we've, we've used, a um, an aggressive discount ladder to get, um, to get people to buy, just because as you said, you could, you could collect your shirts forever. And you know, just wait for eternity to do this, and so we've we've offered kind of the groupon model of okay, here's a chance to buy at a good discount, just do this, and then um, and then you can figure out when you're gonna send it so mm-hmm. we you know we saw that early success in groupon, and we we realized that you know people like to shop that way of limited time and and no matter how good the story is um. No one's ever said to me, uh, I want to pay more for your product because I like your story. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's always been something that we've we figured out and we figured that out early enough to stay in business that the story alone was not going to drive, uh, dr- drive the, the growth of the business, but it was really about nurturing those leads and focusing on lead capture
0: so you've mentioned a few of your systems, uh, and I think this is something that every e-commerce business owner should take is, you know, capturing an email is as valuable, not as valuable as a sale initially, yeah. but the long tail of emails you capture is really important. And obviously SMS is growing like crazy as well. Yeah. And yeah. finding creative ways to capture that information or, or move people throughout the funnel. If you get their email, try to get them to add SMS, try to get them to download your app and whatever those yeah. next steps are. Uh, because hitting them from multiple channels or having more of that one-to-one relationship becomes, becomes really important. I think you guys learned that a lot earlier than I think most e-commerce agencies that very much want, I'm going to spend $20 on an ad and I need to get a $40 sale or a $60 sale. Yeah, it's, that's a tough game to play. Um, you know, when you talk about systems, so you, you've mentioned Shopify, you've mentioned Klaviyo as kind of two big systems in your stack that have, have brought you a great deal of success. And obviously you were in very early with both of them, as early yeah. with Clavio as they were probably banging away on the keyboard building the first database that they were trying to link data up to. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what el- what else has been kind of a big part of your stack in, in building the business and any other apps that you're like, these are our go-tos that we feel really... Uh, you know, a lot of success in, in putting money behind them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we used we used Privy early on, um, and we connected that to Google Analytics so that we could um, track email leads um, and where it was coming from. Um, and and now Privy is part of Attentive, and we've been using Attentive um, for text messages. Right. Um, I think we've also built out our own custom um, apps for uh processing the orders um we have a a a different kind of fulfillment process just because we have to track t-shirts and and uh customers want to know when we've received the shirts we've also built out our own shipping system so that um we can we can just be as efficient as possible and so we've i think a a key lesson is finding if as your as your business grows is finding good Shopify developers. And we have, we have one um, great Shopify developer uh, that we work with consistently. And so that, that's been great. Um, Yeah. And I would say that's, I think our, one of our biggest mistakes, I think that's, it's a mistake that I see a lot of e-commerce companies making early on is not focusing on email lead capture as soon as possible. Because I just think about it as, okay, if you're, if you believe in your business and you're spending money to get people to your website, um, if you're not using as many methods to kind of, uh, make use of that money, you're wasting the money that you're spending, um, getting people, getting traffic. And so it's just a, it's like just a, a number one rule now, which I think a lot more people understand, but I remember how few people had pop-ups even Hmm. like a few years ago, but, now now i think a lot just a lot more people get that
0: yeah so important owned own channels yeah. right things that you can control when you need a pop of revenue you can send an email targeted offer build those deadlines into them you know even create uh you mentioned kind of discount ladder like there's there's a lot you can do there to successfully engage an email or sms list and and totally agree you know obviously we're trying to get sales but capture as many emails as you can and build a really interesting workflow around that. Uh, you mentioned getting in early at Facebook. That was what nine years ago. Now that's about as early as you can probably get in. Um, I assume Instagram ads has been a big channel for you. Any other social networks that you all have started spending, uh, you know, time and money on more recently, obviously TikTok's one that I've heard a bunch of recently, but would love to learn where, where you guys are targeting.
1: Yeah, we haven't we haven't really. I mean, we've every every year we set aside some money to test um, budgets, um, but there just doesn't seem to be something as efficient as Google, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I wish there was, <laughs> but um, you know we we try to we try different stuff. We're always pushing boundaries, but uh, we've also built. Um, a business where we, you know, if something's working, we just put more money, uh, behind it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've tried TV over, over the course of, um, our business and it, I, we think it works, but you just don't know how well it works. (laughs) And if you, if you're a bootstrap business like us, it's tough to, um, set aside those dollars and just say, you know, and just kind of, throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I think it works. But, and they, it's funny working with like TV um, ad guys where they try to show you the lift that it's giving and they don't, they don't really know. Um, And they come up with a lot of different formulas to show you something that, you know, Google analytics really um, is the perfect mirror to tell you whether it's working or not. And so, yeah, we're just like, you know, we've just, it's kind of stuck with the the peanut butter and jelly of of e commerce marketing.
0: <laughs> if it works, keep scaling it. And yeah, when you talk about TV, have you have you all done kind of local uh, TV? Or are you doing OTT and, and working through some of the the app channels? Would you be interested to hear your strategies there.
1: Yeah, we've tried we've tried a lot of local local yeah. and national stuff. I think, um, you know, I, I think it makes sense once you get you've gotten to a certain scale because the the cost per impressions to start to go down and they're a lot cheaper than um, Facebook and Instagram. But, um, I think with our product, it's tough. As you said, it's, it's not something that someone just sees and buys right away. Um, so they kind of have to go through and kind of know, uh, they they have to know how many shirts they have in their closet or kind of who they're buying this for. Um, it's a big, it's a big graduation gift too. So, um, you know, we've tried, we've, we've worked with some blogs and some websites that focus on grad graduation Mm -hmm. stuff. And that's, that's been effective. Um, but it is the, it's the grind of tinkering. I like, I think our story was much more interesting early on when we were just like, trying all over the place, trying to figure everything out. And now it's a, it's a story of spreadsheets and uh, (laughs) analytics and like looking at week over week results, which is not, which is not the best podcast story, but it's the reality of, of an e-commerce business.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's super important and it is a, it is a, you know, good podcast. And you guys are different. You're trying things that a lot of, you know, startups or bootstrap startups, especially in, in the e-commerce space, are not trying. I think T V is a uh ballsy channel to go after and just yeah. say, hey, we're gonna do it and and we're gonna hope that the number of site visitors this guy's telling us we're getting is right and is driving revenue. Um but there is that branding piece of it. I think you you've gotta do your best to try to make it direct response as much as you can. <laughs> but it is it is certainly challenging. Um you know when when you <clears throat> when you look at the future of the business, what are you most excited about outside of the continued tinkering? Is there anything that that you're like, hey, we're going to go do this next, and it's going to be amazing for us, or we're testing X or Y that we're really excited about in the in the coming years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for us, it's always uh, what's nice about it. Whenever it's like if you're if you're stuck in the spreadsheets and and the e-commerce marketing, just um, I always get invigorated by being down in North Carolina. Um, or in Texas, and just yeah, seeing the the systems that we've built. I mean, and and talking to the people that we work with. It's I, I mean, I, I forget because I I haven't I haven't traveled during the pandemic, and I, I have two young kids at home, and so I've I, you know I used to go to North Carolina for three to four times a year, um, and I haven't been down there, and I miss it, and so, but just seeing what our business has done to a local community, um, and see how, you know, people are able to buy homes and people are able to send their kids to college. And so it, it does excite me to know that, um, by selling a quilt, by sitting at my, my home office in Cambridge, we're able to have this, um, economic impact in people's lives.
0: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, I certainly thank you for it. You know, being a North Carolina resident, I love to see those factories back up and running and, and continue to run. Um, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can everyone find out more information about your business and, and obviously, uh, you know, order a quilt when the, when the timing is right.
1: Yeah. So projectrepat.com. I think also finding us on Instagram project repat USA uh, is a good place. To, just, just to see many examples of, uh, of the quilts that we're making,
0: yeah, they look awesome. There's obviously a variety of sizes, a variety of use cases. Yeah. I was digging into it, um, so I, I certainly appreciate coming on, Nathan. Everyone, visit projectrepat.com and uh, and order a quilt. There's a lot of shirts sitting in your dresser closet right now. I assure you, you can make something great out of them that's totally usable. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us today.